Coming to you live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland, live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Merely Bo, the great Z, and luminaries right out of the gate. Big L, a debut. A debut. Assistant General Manager, VP of Football Operations, Catherine Race, joins us. Welcome. Good to see you. Hi. Thanks for having me. How is – as this week gets going, and we we talked to Glenn yesterday, talked to AB yesterday, like – all of the work, and then this is just one more piece of it for you guys. Uh, this is your first one with the Browns over here. What's it been like uh, early on here in the week? It's been great. Um, as you said, it's an opportunity for us to gather information, complete, you know, get more pieces to our puzzle. Um, so it's just really a continuity, getting our first look um, on these prospects live. So that's that's always a good thing, getting medical information, you know, interview time, and then seeing them on the field. So, so far it's been great, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. All right, let's just – we got to give a background. Yeah. Tell, tell people of your journey. I mean, from the CFL, obviously from Montreal, mm-hmm. but a GM in the CFL, mm-hmm. spent time with the Eagles, and now here. Kind of just walk people through your path and, and what sparked in you that you wanted to pursue this line of work. Um, so from Montreal, Quebec, um, French-Canadian. Uh, so every, I'm sure everyone's asking, like, why not hockey? We were a football family. That's who we were. We loved the, the CFL. Alouettes. There you go. Yeah. The Alouettes. Um, grew up huge fan of the CFL. Um, so I got my first opportunity with them. I was a lawyer at the time, um, was practicing corporate law, and um, I just wanted to get into football. Like, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I just didn't know what and how. So I literally volunteered for about a year and a half for the Alouettes. They didn't have anything open. And after... I just kept coming, you know, <laughs> kept coming back. And they were like, all right, we'll give this person a shot. Um, so I had my first shot with Jim Pop when he was a GM at the time. Um, then um, went to the Argos, uh, also in the CFL, where Jim was the general manager at the time there as well. That's where I got to meet Mark Tressman because Mark and I missed each other at the Alouettes because um, he had left for the NFL at the time. So worked with Mark. Then Mark gave me my first opportunity with uh, the XFL. Um, not this current version, the previous version, yep. pre-COVID. So got an opportunity there, really brief, six months. And then Howie Roseman called and offered me an entry-level position um, it, at the Eagles. Um, jump on the opportunity, and that's where Andrew Barry was my direct supervisor. That's where Andrew and I met and built a really good relationship. And then when this opportunity came with the Browns, I was like, hey, this is this is amazing, full circle, and I get to work with him again. I mean, this is over a six-year period. This is a long year time, period. and like she's an assistant GM. It's an incredible, yeah. incredible ascent. And the, and the, the, uh, it's awesome. It's so cool. And, and this, um, the, I like that part about you just kept showing up. Right, like sometimes availability, right? It, it, and you were there and, and showed that that work ethic. And then this has just been a sprint. Like, do, do you at sometimes go, wow, this is because that's a quick track. I mean, to be honest with you, sorry, bro. I've always focused on my current position and not really think about what's next or what's coming up, and like focusing on really making sure that I do this job that I'm currently having to the best of my abilities, and whatever is going to come is going to come. And I just been so fortunate and blessed of the opportunity that came my way and the people I had the chance to work with because people like Howie, uh, I started talking with Jim, Mark, Andrew, like those are all incredible men who 
um, not only gave me opportunities, but also trusted me with more and more and more responsibilities, which allowed me to grow and develop so quickly. That's awesome. So take us through, you're with the Eagles, you learn from how you're working directly for Andrew. Mm -hmm. He leaves to go become the general manager of the Browns. You get a phone call, I would imagine. He's like, hey, I'd like you to come be the assistant general manager of the Browns. What was that moment like for you, and, and what did that mean to you, and what do you think that me meant to so many women who probably at some point thought this wasn't feasible, and now it is because you're sitting right here, and, and who knows where it goes from here, right? There's only one step up mm -hmm. <laughs> to be the first you know, female GM in, in NFL history. Yeah, this it was a great opportunity. So it really, um, just to go back in time when Andrew left, um, I stayed with the Eagles um, for another two years, another two seasons. And what was great about that is I got a lot of his responsibilities, how he empowered me with a ton of new things, um, elevated my role as well. So I got to learn so much. And, and I'll say this, like I wouldn't be the um, executive that I am today if it wasn't for my time in Philly and all the things I learned there. And then when Kwesi got the job in Minnesota, that's when the job became open. And then going through obviously the proper channels to get permission to speak to me. But once we do got to speak, I was like, yeah, this is it. This would be like a great opportunity to not only work with each other again, but really have, you know, a role where we could work very closely and putting the best product we can on the field and, and being part of that. So I was super excited. What, what characteristics about AB um, from your time in Philly um, led you to, want to be involved i mean we see it but i yeah. mean we, sometimes a little close with us we don't always get all the full picture you you know him a lot better than we do what what do you see from him uh that leads him to take this role and and be so successful he has already here and that you wanted to be a part of it um i mean i'm not going to say anything breaking here like he's a unicorn in the sense of how special he is in so many different ways not just on the professional side how smart he is how thorough detailed how he, but how he treats others and and how he is so intentional about building a team around him developing his people i mean you would ask him the question like versus you know winning a championship or or having six of his people under him of his tree call it become gms and be super successful like i guarantee you like there would be a pause for him thinking about you know what would be the most special thing yeah that's how just just how special he is as a, as a person so so just working with him and learning uh from him uh in the quick quick period in, in philly was so um beneficial than when i had the opportunity to actually like work with him very closely and really walk that same path towards building a championship roster i was like i need to to i need to jump on that opportunity i couldn't let that go yeah. what's the biggest similarity between ab and howie and what's the biggest difference that's such a great question um well, i will say this <laughs> the biggest difference that comes to mind um their <laughs> the their um food standards um or their food howie is is extremely picky and has probably the best restaurant recommendations that I have ever heard of. He's, okay. he's really at the top. So that's the biggest difference. He's a foodie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and to use the word, we talked about it before. Like I would even use the word bougie. Like that's just how, you know, high standards. That's the level that he's operating <laughs> on. I like that. I, I, and I, and like I, I would tell him, so he know he, yeah. it's not a surprise what I'm saying. Um, it's Gibe, bougie Gibe over there, right? <laughs> that's how he rolls. <laughs> totally. Um, but similarity, I think like they are both relentless in their pursuit of like information to make well-informed decision and i think they are both incredible decision makers and that's really what this job is about making decisions obviously leading and there's a ton of other functions but this making decisions is so key and i think these two individuals do it at such a high level like they're the best in the business in my opinion 
to that end, when you are the general manager, the buck stops with you. You make those decisions. Mm -hmm. In your role, kind of walk us through what that's like, because obviously there's a lot of trust there. But ultimately, at the end of the day, A.B.'s got to make the decisions. And, you know, Kwesi was in this role, and then he went, and now Kwesi makes the decisions for the Minnesota Vikings. Someday you'll make the decisions for a team. How fun is that, but also how hard is that that you're so close but you don't get to push the button. Yeah, it's 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 kind of two. I would I would put it in two different ways. One, yeah, you're right when it gets to the final call and all that stuff. But there's there's so much collaboration as when you get to 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 get to this the decision that like, while we may not be able to build consensus every time, there's so much work that gets into leaving no stone unturned that you really feel part of the process. And the this other side of this, I would say, is um, AB's ability to empower us. Um, within our own silos, our own departments, or what we oversee, um, allow us to actually make some decisions within our roles. Um, that may not be, obviously, who we pick on, on on draft day, but I'm just saying there's a lot of areas for us to develop those decision-making skills within our respective job, whether that's myself, Glenn, or any other department head within the organization. And I think that's one of, one of his many superpowers is how he empowers his people. Talking to our assistant general manager and vice president of football operations, Catherine Raish. You know, you mentioned uh, you grew up football family in Montreal, but of course, why not hockey? And it's interesting because I've long thought of the Browns fan base very similar to both the Leafs and the Habs in that this is what they do. This is what we do. We do football in Northeast Ohio. The, the sport was birthed here. Um, the passion, I think, is very similar to those. It's been a long time for championships and all of those as well. Back to the 60s with the Leafs, obviously. And I, I just, I'm curious if you've picked up on those parallels since you've been here uh, from a fan base perspective. Most definitely. Um, I thought that our game day, um, our game day experience, our fans, and this is a true competitive advantage and I'm, I come from not only Montreal but I also come from Philly yeah. where there's amazing fans there too so people are a lot nicer here <laughs> right um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from commenting on this Nathan Tagura. <laughs> but it's I will say this there. I will say this like amazing amazing fans amazing people um, nice people I think welcoming I, I mean um, I just I I felt good ever since I I moved. It was my it's my first time moving to the Midwest, and I I felt really really good uh, being here. And it's all about the Browns, just like you mentioned. Like anywhere you go, it's just all about it, and it's really special. It is very special. That's what people they live for this. And mm -hmm. you talked about putting a championship team on the field. When that happens, this city is going to go nuts. Statues for everybody, <laughs> like. Nuts. That's yeah. what's going to be. And, you know, you were near it in Philly, obviously, kind of right after they'd won the Super Bowl. And then what was it like, by the way, watching the Super Bowl? Because I'm sure you were still very much rooting for the Eagles. Absolutely. I was so happy for them throughout the entire season, how it all came together. And I have so many close friends that are with the organization. So really just seeing it all unfold was really great because I was with them all the way through May last year. So it was really great to see it all come together. And then obviously rooting for for, for them in the in the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm very excited for what the future holds for them as well. So let me get you out of here on this one. Do you have any pull with stadium food and beverage? And I ask because I did spend a weekend in Montreal once, and I love poutine. I think it's, it's fantastic. Spe you're speaking my love language I right think, there. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I, th I think it's the perfect stadium snack. Uh, why are we not doing Who more loses? of this? Fries with gravy? Everybody wins. Everybody uh, wins. I just think it's a simple thing. It feels like it's an easy thing to do. The proxy, we're right across Lake Erie from – I mean, come on. I'm on it. I'm on it. Right? I don't even 
I'm actually mad at myself for not thinking about it before. So you come on this show, we yeah. enlighten. Yeah, we're idea men. We thrive on enthusiasm. <laughs> I really love do. it. I yeah. love it. I just love it. It's a no-brainer. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> this thank was. You. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Best you so of luck. This Absolutely. is exciting. Thank you. That uh, that was our assistant general manager and vice president of football operations, Catherine Race, joining us here live at the combine. We will reset the day. There's a lot of news uh, yeah. going on over here, so we'll get rolling with that today. Coach will be at the podium. He'll join us here live on the show as well. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back in to the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with help of your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest <laughs> club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. It's, it was so aggressive. <laughs> Everything about it. Bold, baby. Across, the, even. Oh, bold. No, every, everything about it. Accessories, that, you know, the that, whole. You know, that's probably. It's an attention getter. That's the goal, though. Yeah, That's not exactly goal. inconspicuous. No, no. Yeah, not not one bit. Pretty. By aggressive. the way, before yeah. we get into two we things, get into happen- whatever you'd like. Yeah, what two things like? happened last night. Okay. That I would like to bring. Should I write this down? That I'd like to bring your attention to, okay. and I'd like to know if you've ever experienced either one. Okay. The first, on our way back from Prime Forty Seven. Okay. You and Gibbe. Me and Gibbe and Laura are in an Uber. Okay. Uber. <laughs> And we are coming down Non-bird. one of those. Wait, is this a trial? Am I joining in progress? Oh, weird that you would assume that you needed to be put on trial. Knowing of guilt. That's <laughs> total admission of guilt. That was wow. going to be the second well, part. Well, no, no, no. We're I in the Uber over, right now. I look We're over, just in the Uber, and, buddy. and Bishop I, is, like, I, writing down notes. And I'm like, what? But why, would, like you, but why would you think that you would like be Joe on Thomas. trial? That's weird. Well, you've unless been you feel like you've, me, you've been accosting me since. Unless you feel actually, like you, you committed you an infraction. No, no. You actually did accost me this morning okay, at let's, a little after midnight. But we'll get to that. You're like a child. It's wandered in the middle of a movie. You have no frame of reference. We're still in the Uber right now, Gibe. So you're in the Uber. Okay, and we're driving down one of these downtown streets, which is one way. All one way. That is five lanes across. Sure. Okay. By the way, maybe not the traffic to justify the five lanes. Don't believe so. Doesn't feel like to me. So we're driving down, and there's this truck in front of us, a tow truck. Tow truck hangs a left within the five lanes, so now he's like backs up. We're like, what is going on? So he is now blocking the entirety of the traffic. Okay. He is now perpendicular to our desired path. Okay. Blocking five lanes. Yep. Gets out of his truck. Oh. And is begins the process of towing a vehicle 
He's now on the ground. He's looping in a, a tire. He's got the thing down so he can pull it on up. He's blocking five lanes of traffic to get this car just looking at us like, what's going on? What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Remember, we're in a one-way street. Anything, yeah. Now there are cars behind us. We can't back it's up. Stacking up. And he is just, like, taking his sweet time. He's on the ground kind of laughing. Do you think it's possible that I can picture this human? I know you can. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So <laughs> we're there, and we're like, this. we're either going to be here for, like, a half hour while this yeah, guy goes through, 15 the, minutes to goes through this that. process, yeah. or we're going to have to get aggressive. And At what, which point Gibe says to the Uber driver, like, Brother, we're we're in a suburban. Maybe we go up on this curb and drive down I the like sidewalk. It. You're going right over. I like it. Hangover style. So Who there we hurt? do. Who gets nobody? It's a ju- and it's one of like the, the brand new ones. Big it's suburban. like a tank. Yeah. So like we get wheel one up here. and he's going a little tender. We're like a little more gas there. Gets that wheel up. Boom. Two, three, four. And now we're driving down the sidewalk like hangover. And then we go back into the I street and, and we make it on our way. The so best that was is the one. guy watching us do it the whole time. And I just want to be like. What are you looking at? He was, like, giddy. He thought this was – I think he thought it was hilarious. Like, watch me yeah. just block this entire – stop traffic so that I can tow this truck out of here and there's nothing you can do about it. And then we said, oh, well, watch us. I love that. Okay, so then guilty conscience over here, guilty for a reason. We come back from – we come back in and we go into the JW Marriott. We're walking around, do a, do a little, you know, around just to see if we, we know anybody there. Chat with Anthony Henry, former Browns wide receiver coach. Fine man. We had a great yep. time with him. So ran then, into a few coaches last night. Ran to many. Yeah, we sure did. Well, that's, that's what you when you've been with the Browns for a decade, there are, there are a lot of them around the league. Yep. <laughs> Saw the great weave last night. Yeah. Yep. Saw a few others. Saw a few others as well. <laughs> um, and then I was, like, going to go to high velocity where we were. Yeah. And I said, you know, I tried to do one last round because there was anybody that I hadn't seen. Yeah, I was seen. had to run yeah. in, you know, You're a the Niners. You like you want to see the if there's Niners guys or yeah, yeah some yeah, of the people. Yeah, so yeah, people. I'm like, "All right, we're going to go take a run. Gibbe's right there with me." All of a sudden, Gibbe's gone. I'm not gone. He's oh. out like a ninja. No. Gone. I'm not. Gone. And there were other factors, there were others that had arrived that I think Gibbe was things. trying to say, "I'm out." You're not. There was a lot at play. So Gibbe, gone. No. Like a gone. ninja, he evaporated. Gone. Not gone. 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 No, 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 no. Guy. Mm-hmm. Not gone girl. So gone guy. We, gone we, Gibbe. We, we drop off our great friend Laura. Yeah. We then proceed to uh, our hotel. We oh, Not even our hotel, because this man is on a mission from God to find Kyle. No, I just said I want to look around and see if there's if, no, 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 if Kyle no. was in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love saying hi to Kyle. He's a Kyle's gangster. a gangster. Right. I'm or looking, Jeff. I was looking I'm for Mr. looking Howard. for Kyle. We knew Jeff was in bed. He did. He wasn't responding. I ran into his agent. So <laughs> I sent a selfie we of had me and his agent to him. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the JW. Now, there's two bars. There's the high velocity, and then there's, like, the hotel bar. Correct if I'm wrong. This has been laid out, but neither here nor there. Go ahead. He Drown said we're going to take a lap. Yeah. So we make the lap. Well, then he's like. High velocity is rocking and rolling. It yeah, was. He goes, oh, I'll take a gander. Yeah, he goes, it. well, let's keep going. And I was like, nope. The road stops right here. There are elevators That's here. Diverge. I, I, I have said that this needs to end tonight yep. because tomorrow night's when things are going to get a little loose. It was starting to get a little weeble wobble. And weeble wobble. And I, I was like, like technical yeah. term. And I go, I'm out. I'm leaving. And yep. I'm like, no, no, no. Come on. We got to find Kyle. We got to find Kyle. <laughs> And I go. I, I am. <laughs> That's not what I said. Yeah. No. You're standing literally in the middle of the entrance to high velocity. <laughs> Tell me that. 
And I go, I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So I make a right. I have told you I'm leaving. I have told you goodbye. I've told, I wished you well for the evening. So I look in there. Yep. There are 8,000 people. Yep. And I decide I don't That's even want to try to walk. either. I'm not even trying to. I don't even. I don't care. Can't even get it. I'm not. It's a tight thoroughfare. Too much humanity. Yeah, it's tight. So I'm gonna. I'm like I'm gonna be out. This all took two seconds. Yep. To it look and not, be like, you know what? It, it did not doing that. Not I didn't even walk seconds. into the place. Turn around. Poof. Gone. Told you. You I, warned. I, I, warned you. I did warn you. I'm going to the the elevator's right here. I'm hitting the button. Let me and tell I'm you out. something. You took the escalator, I would imagine, didn't no, you? No. Oh, you I took, took the, the elevator. elevator. Oh, so that's me. Okay. Yeah, literally right so, there. It's right next to the I'm entrance. Like, it is. It's foul. I'm like, this son of a gun. Yep. Because there's, again, an extenuating factor. There were more people that joined Others us. Others had joined the party. Yep. And I felt like he was foisting me. On that's to, a big accusation. On to the others. I would just say, I don't. we don't take that lightly. I'd like to hear him deny that right now. We don't. If we he's don't. willing. And he won't. So we'll go on. Whoa. So <laughs> I'd I like to hear him defend didn't that. even and get the won't. chance to talk. <laughs> he had he plenty of chance. There's a lot so of silence. So let's move on. <laughs> so let's move yeah. on. Well, you know you did it. So I am like this son of a gun. He did it. He really did. So I it turns out one of my great skills is after a, a night of a few cocktails, I become Forrest Gump. I can run you can at run. full speed for hours. <laughs> I can run across towns. Doesn't matter. Like I, I was running. Yeah. So I'm like, this dude. I know that we have a five and a half mile walk back. Long hike, man. I'm, ca- I'm many ga- concourses. I'm That's why him. I said good night. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need I'm to get up. So I so go on the escalator. I look. Yeah. That first super long straightaway. Who do I see? Lumbering. <sighs> Miles in the distance. <laughs> Gibbe. That's I what, could hear the I footsteps. I kick into overdrive. <laughs> I could hear I'm it. sprinting. I didn't I even have to turn around. Footsteps. I'm weaving around. I'm weaving around people who are, you know, stumbling back to their hotels at a full sprint. <laughs> I, I don't and know then, why he's sprinting. I, it's in my head. I'm like, if you tackle me, coming. I'm going to drill him. And he turns around with a look of like, what's happening? And I just come and bear hug him. And then I was like, how could you do that, dude? And he's like, <laughs> I did not. Give a evil laugh. I did not evil laugh. Oh, and then we I said, I told you I was leaving. And then we walked 20 more miles back to we our We did place. walk. Bit of a hike. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Quite I, I, I was, left you guys earlier uh, yeah. to bird, so I birded from Harry and Izzy's to oh, the hotel. My. Um, Had to be exhilarating. It was an exhilarating ride. The wind in my hair. Bird's more fun with a friend. For sure. Yeah. And honestly, a little, I was a little unnerved by... Uh, there was a little bit of traffic, and I was mm. a little unnerved in terms of what was legal and what was not. It feels like birds are pretty lawless. Yeah. Um, so I was up swimming upstream some, a little bit of sidewalk action. Not sure if I should be paused in the street on red lights or if I should blow through Just go, them. right. Feels like you go through them. Then at some point you're going to have to park it on a sidewalk. That's I know right. They can't be on a sidewalk. So, like, that was it. Um, and I came away. I got to the hotel. And I really came away amazed that, like, somebody doesn't die every day on a bird. Yeah. I think it's amazing yeah. that it happens. I'm shocked at how fast they go. Yeah. Like, it's stunning. Well, I think there are people that maybe would be more weeble-wobble who have For opted sure. out of the bird life. Like, Gibbe. Yeah. yeah. Gibbe is just saying, confident. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not getting in that bird. I, I I'm not playing that, that bird sense. game. I think that makes a lot of sense. But it was... But anyway, so that was a good, and we did the Butler game last night, which was fun. we had a great time. Yeah, thank you for that. Yes. We got to go check that was out. Fun. 
Butler Marquette. Yeah, thank, yeah, but thank you, Coach Deebs. Fantastic, uh, fantastic venue for hoops. Had a great meal at Arian Izzy's. Yeah, I came did. away with um, ever after having the shrimp cocktail, which you know you have to when in Rome. You got to get it. Um, I'm I'm really now curious as to how they made it a thing because it's really just ultra hot horseradish cocktail sauce with mountains of it. With with it's just it's just it's sconce and like how did they decide like how did the word of mouth get to the point where it was like you have to have this here it could be recreated literally anywhere for sure but it isn't but it's not and like they're the ones and then it was amazing she actually i've never had this i've had it many times um that's the first time i've ever been served it with a saltine yeah i've never had heat. a saltine no. to cut the heat and i, I like did, that. I, li- I did like that yeah, she also nice. said she's just, like i'm not going to tell you how hot it is because i don't want to ruin it like she's like i, I make a if people want to get somebody She's not yeah. going to get in their way. Yeah. So she did that. And then I had I had never had, like, their signature cocktail. Delight. You know how I feel about putting uh, – I'm not a mixer guy. No, but it's a delight. All. But I would tell you that even before they poured the Coke on top of the old-fashioned, that, that the old-fashioned, their house old-fashioned, was a delightful treat. Well, you can buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. It yeah, was, it was good. good. That's the sad nice trip. The foisting was just the sad part. It was a sad end to an otherwise phenomenal evening. I will say that in Gibbe's defense, and I don't defend him much, but in his defense, there is a point with you when your enthusiasm for life takes over. <laughs> and it cannot be quelched by anyone. I've many times had to tell you, look, I got, I'm done. And then you're right into the enthusiasm, right back at it. And so don't I curb see, my enthusiasm. I wouldn't. I don't want you to. Right. I would never. But I could sense that maybe Gibby was like, if I go in there, I'm never going to get out of there. And then it's going to become a very – And then today it's a, is a long night. day. Then it's a different day. Yeah. We, like, you end up in urgent care. But you can't have that type of stuff. you got to be careful. <laughs> I love this painting, by the way. We're, you're distracted. Fine. My zest, that's no, all fine. It wasn't negative on you. It was simply a little olive branch to Gibbe. I'm going to ask you – A fully enthused – A Zagura ensconced in enthusiasm is a girl – It's a Zagura – It's a force of nature. That, yeah. And especially a cocktail or two, then there's a whole other level. I mean, you just said you could run forever, forever. Like you, that's the way that you attack socializing. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah. It. I, I like yeah. all of those comments. Yeah, and I, compliments. I didn't mean it as negative. No, I, I felt think it's I very, felt, very, com- very good. The one question I have for Gibby, though, can I just? Yeah, this is the closure yeah. that yeah. I Go ahead. Need. Had there not been a foisting situation, sure, would you have agreed to like just take a couple steps in no. and look around? No, I. Literally, I, I'm like, I'm going to that bar and walking around in a circle, and I'm leaving. So here's the like, weird part. We were it. we were just... prime, and I said, I'm having two beers. I had two Bud Lights, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm good. Like, I, yeah. here's, the, here's the only part that's weird. Just the bars are at opposite ends of the JW. He made the trek to the, all the way over to the mouth of the, high velocity. But I, that's where and I knew only the elevator once, was. Only once, only once the – Foist situation presented itself. Did he ghost? No. You're making a separate accusation. Yeah, and it's a an accusation. Wild foisting. foisting is where you're at. Yeah, no, a- no. I'll accept that you did alert to the fact that you may be departing. I will not. I will not. Had had different. <laughs> I love how you, you're choosing your words right now. Had others shown up delicately. Had others delicately. shown up, I think you could have been. You could have stayed. I don't think so. If there was, I was, I some was not. The I problem was, here is there's no way to prove this. I know. Unless there tonight. Is. I saw I knew. Eyes. Oh, tonight? <laughs> tonight I, we'll see. I, like, no. I, I might be packed tonight before I even go out. 
because I know <laughs> Let me tell you what this. tonight's going to bring. Let me tell you this. I know if, if, what's if coming. If the person that, if, if the people, because there are multiple, but if the people that bumped into us, if Tequila Fila was leading that party, if Tequila Fila and Bo, Where is Bo he? back for, with Zest, you would have you stayed. Tequila Fila is setting up for, you uh, stayed. Uh, That's for Coach Stefanski's presser. Yeah. That's it. That's true. All right. The Foist. The Foist. Yeah. Did, yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Well, look, so we got that taken care of. Yeah. We've got the business of the day that we're going to do coming up next. That's right. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybat, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Ups, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns as we are continuing to broadcast live here from the NFL Scouting Combine. Coach Stefanski, what, what's he? Is he noon at the podium? Is that the plan, Gibbe? Well, it's one thirty-six, so he'd be an hour and a half late. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. One, two. One forty-five is what we're expecting. He may be a little early, in which case we will – and drop out of our conversation and drop right into his. Okay, so beautiful. That, is it a but is it a hard two that he's got to be at, or he can pop he, in whenever he needs? Uh, he will. Uh, no, no, he's talking at the podium at one forty-five. Then he'll meet oh. with the local writers, ah. our, our beat, and then he will come to us. So I would say two fifteen, two thirty ish. Okay, for coach, we've kind of and, blocked out everything. And should we, since they will answer, they will go through. Like I'm, I wonder if we should just have a nonsense interview. How do you feel about that? Where we just do nonsense with him? Since, I mean, you can. He'll answer everything I, else. I, Maybe I, we don't ask anything about the Browns. Does that seem fair? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we we are right where we need to be. We are. The, it's probably our best. I'm going to be real us. honest with you. I think it's Look, our, it's on the TV. You see, it was on the yeah, telly. Yeah, it seemed impossible. Um, the uh, I think that we are. This is easily our best location ever. Ever from the combine. I would like it every year. Like uh, I want this setup. I already this set up. sent this, a note. This, this runway. I get. Oh, so you're coming it. back. Nice. Well. Nice. No. Nice. I live through you. No. No. In it. Um, no. That feels like that's a pretty cool thing right there. So that's Devico Ryan's talking to the general. Of course, uh, Mr. McLean, and you say to yourself like. Think about the, how that all went. This is a beautiful thing that happens at the Combine. So McLean's been in – he's the longest-running NFL writer there is, right? Like he's, he's the guy. He's really not retired like you no. said he was. No. Well, I, I think you, the, for him the action is the juice. That's right. So I love that. You know, that's the, that's the deal. So I think with – so here's D'Amico Ryans who played for the Texans and is now the head Rookie coach. Of the year. Right. And is now talking to – John McClain, the, the man general. who covered him, right. man who covered him, who's been there forever. I mean, that's just pretty sweet. That's cool. That's great. Nice. I like that. I like that. Me um, too. Lots of news at the combine. Um, an arrest warrant has been issued. Was issued this morning in Georgia for potential. Well, he's not going number one, but he's going in the top five. Jalen Carter, reckless driving and racing, stemming from a January 15th crash that took the life of a teammate and staffer for the Athens Clark County Police Department. Uh, Carter allegedly misled police first, telling him he was a mile away when the fatal crash happened, then saying he was behind the other vehicle, could see the taillights, and then saying he was alongside the car when it crashed per the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So the one thing, like, when this first happened, he was always in, he was always questioned, and, involved in this. 
Um, I, I don't know why this all spilled. I guess it spilled out today because the uh, arrest warrant. But this has been there. Uh, this part's been out there for a long time that he was involved in it, and it was a drag racing situation. Uh, is 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 what police are alleging in that? Uh, I have a statement from Jalen Carter. Have, oh yeah. I was right. Look at that. Being a big right. B for you. There go you go. Ahead. This morning, I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants had been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Jalen Carter. There you go. And apparently left last night. Um, so there was a lot of people huddled around his podium this morning at 1030, and that, yes, that was, not never, was never going to come to fruition. But here, so here is the problem. Yes. I understand what he's saying. The, the, you know, I, I, the facts will play themselves out. Are the facts going to play themselves out before draft weekend? Well, it's – is there it's still even it's so? Still, it's, it's a if, misdemeanor. There are two misdemeanors. It's a, yeah, right. I think one of the things that was circulating no this morning was, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes we don't read. And right. I saw a lot of people this morning being like, "Oh my God, he was driving the car that killed these." No, 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 no. no. That was never it ever. Um, so I, I think that's the thing. I, I don't. I, I'd be shocked if this impacted his standing in any way at all. Right. And I think that was. You're exactly right. This is. These are two misdemeanors. It's not being said implicated or in any way but it, it did feel like people were saying oh he was involved in the, yeah like had bore responsibility for the right. outcome which is not what at least as of we understand it is being alleged no so I'd, if that no. and then that being said i don't think that does impact his draft standing at all yeah um uh, this is really i, I think the overwhelming I, I think the most interesting thing that was said yesterday by someone in the league um, and it was really the tone was Duke Tobin, the player personnel loved director it. of the Bengals. I loved was, it. I loved it too. Quite emphatic, uh, shutting down any sort of T. Higgins rumors this offseason. During his press conference, Tobin said, if they want a receiver, go find your own. In my opinion, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. This trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. Zach Taylor laughed it off as well. Like, they're not having it. They're, they are a chesty Bengals. So the reason that we're even at this point, right, is that people know that the Bengals are going to have to pay Joe Burrow. They are going to have to pay Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to pay both of them huge amounts of money. That's right. And so the thinking was they're not going to be able to also afford to pay T. Higgins his market value. What's up, Coach? There it is. Oh, yeah. The old school. It's where it all began. That's right. First year. So they people assume, well, maybe they'll just trade him because they're not going to be able to afford him. Well, they're saying the time for that decision isn't now for us. We can afford him just fine right now, and yeah. that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I think the, um, the for some reason there were people were under the there was like this belief that they had to, that he could walk, and like he's he's under contract. Like he's and by the way, they are in a position to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and if you take him, why would you? change that you would you, you played in the super bowl two years ago afc championship game this year like who you can't worry about five years from now when you're in a position to win a super bowl you worry about right now and by the way as burrow's right as long as they have burrow they're in a window so that that part doesn't really change yep um in terms of other news kind of a little bit of interesting stuff out of seattle about there was talk that maybe they would be thinking quarterback at five um 
one of the things that's really going around this morning was the the position the Bears are in for a potential double trade where they would trade with Houston to go up to one and then trade from two to four to take uh, with Indy. And get a haul. And get a haul and get the best. Well, they didn't get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, one or the other on that front. Uh, Do we have Coach at the podium? All right, so he's walking up close. We'll have Coach at the podium here momentarily. He's going to meet with the assembled media, so this will be local and national media on Coach Stefanski. And then with – and here we go. Here's Coach Stefanski. Okay, good to see you guys. Uh, excited to be here in Indy. You know, this is an important time, as, as you know, with the player evaluation acquisition period. This is an important step to get to know these guys. So we're doing that in the interviews. We're doing that medically you know, with all these uh, appointments they have with the doctors. So it's, it is important. So the coaches are working very hard to spend some time with our, these players here. Uh, but excited about where we are and uh, happy to talk about some of the things that are going on, including uh, you know, being able to announce our staff uh, a couple days ago, which is uh, an exciting time for us. And it was a lot of work, uh, but proud of, of the group that we're able to put together. So with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, what are you Well, I think we're very fortunate to be able to play in that game. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable honor to do so. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to celebrate Joe's career. So that part we're excited about, uh, heading down there to Canton. I've done it before when I was with the Vikings. So what we'll do, Tony, is we'll move our, we'll end our off-season program a week early in June and then go back about a week early in July. Uh, so we'll start a little bit earlier uh, and then get the team uh, ready for the season. Yeah, Jim's great. Jim's, uh, you know, spend a ton of time with him, and, and his office is right next door, so we spend some early time together in the morning. Uh, you know, Jim Sharp, uh, very pleased with what he's doing. I think he's he's back in the saddle again, you know, in, in that chair where he's able to put his scheme together. I think he does an unbelievable job with coaches. So just listening to him coach the coaches, listening to him talk about uh, his scheme and the things that we're going to do. Uh, so he, he's well on his way. He's, he's doing a really nice job. Kevin, uh, uh, last week's talk, I spoke to you. Uh, you were asked if you were still going to call play. You said you were going to play. Now that you have your staff in place, I will, yes. Can I ask why is that so important to you? I wouldn't. I don't think it's important to me. I think it's important to do what's right for the team. Uh, so I feel like that's the right thing to do for the team. I, not in that lens, uh, Tony. I just feel like it's it's the right thing to do. Kevin, this is the first time you've made a significant change to your staff. So how did I guess feel doing that, having to do that? Yeah, as you know, Scott, we had continuity there for a bunch of years, and, and that can be good. And I think sometimes change can be good. I, I think for me and for us, this process of talking to a bunch of coaches, interviewing a lot of coaches, uh, you, you learn a lot about the candidate. You also learn about different ways of doing things. So I think there's a, a certainly a uh, different perspective that I gain from some of the people that we're able to talk to and obviously the people we're able to hire. Uh, I think it really pushes you to, to rethink certain things of what we're doing and, and make sure that we're trying to do the best thing for the team. Yeah, as you know, you're always trying to make the decisions with all the information uh, at hand. So uh, we ultimately decided to to make that uh, move. Um, I think the world of Mike Prefer, the person, uh, the coach, uh, he's a really, really good football coach, a really good friend. Uh, 
with Bubba Ventrone, you know, we're excited uh, what he brings. You know, I played against Bubba uh, back when he was at Villanova. I was at Penn. Um, so we, we go way back. Uh, he's a good coach. Excited to have him. Um, he, you know, he's a former player, player for the Browns. Obviously, I think that that's, that lends to credibility. It lends to what he knows what Northeast Ohio is about. Uh, so excited about Bubba. Yeah, I'm a huge Jacoby fan. Um, the person, first and foremost, we were with each other just for that past this past year, uh, but really uh, see the game similarly. Um, you know, we, we've talked uh, at length about Jacoby, and and when I first when we first were talking about signing him, I made a lot of phone calls to people that knew him, and and they all it was very consistent and just the type of person you were getting. So he played good football for us. We'll see what the future holds. I I don't know what the future holds for Jacoby, uh, but I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, I think there's some of the differences were really, really small. Uh, some, some were big. I think they're just two different players. There's, there's obviously schematically things that you're going to do with your quarterback that has this skill set, and then this skill set you're going to differ uh, while trying not to be totally different uh, so that you can't transition completely uh, 180 in the middle of a season. But uh, you try to play to, to each of their strengths. I, I think we'll see. I, I think that's the truth. I think there's uh, options there, uh, and I think Andrew and his crew are working through all those options. But I don't know. We don't have a definitive answer right now. Hey Kevin, um, you talked about different styles. Bill Musgrave's offense at Cal was top five and runs out of shotgun. Is that something we can expect more? Uh, that we know that's something Watson is good at as well. Yeah, well, I think excited to add Coach Musgrave and uh, his role. He's going to help in a bunch of different areas. Uh, you, you mentioned the, that run game, and, and those are things that Bill uh, cert, uh, did a lot of with Chip Kelly his year in, in Philadelphia. So that's just an example of things that you're always trying to get better at what you do, and, and, and obviously Bill's had success with, with that area. So there will be uh, th that's one area of the run game, but there, there's a ton that he can help our staff. We can talk to each other, but just not about football. So we're still talking. Um, yeah, I, I think just getting on the same page on, on everything, you know, how we meet, how we structure practice, making sure he's comfortable uh, with different things. So, you know, you talk about everything under the sun with, with players in an exit meeting uh, and certainly try to do the same with Deshaun. So I, I think we – I know we're uh, seeing the game very similarly. I think he's very excited about what we're going to be doing offensively, what we're going to be doing as a team. And I think he's excited to go, go play some football in, in the spring and summer. Yeah, as you know, though, Tony, it's March, so I think we have uh, plenty of time once we do get back together to try different things, and, and uh, there's no shortage to the amount of offense you can run. It's just a matter of what you can hang your hat on and what you can get good at come the spring and summer. Yeah. Well, there's a... I, First thing I would tell you is Alex Van Pelt's one of the best teammates I've ever been around. Uh, AVP was in that quarterback room as, as really the main voice for the first two years. TC McCartney, a really good young coach, was in there. TC just finished his first year with our tight ends and did a great job. So just felt like with uh, Drew uh, leaving to go to Arizona, this was an opportunity for AVP to go back in there. And I say that because AVP and I are, are in every quarterback meeting. Uh, AVP took a step back so that Drew could have that voice in there and, and did a great job. So 
AVP is ready for whatever I feel like and we feel like is best for the team. So he's ready to do that. Uh, I think it brings continuity to the position. You know, I think I'm always cognizant of of how many voices are talking to the quarterback and and there's different ways to do it. But I just feel strongly that with AVP's voice in there, myself, uh, we're going to move Ashton Grant, our, our young uh, offensive assistant, into that quarterback room. And, you know, that's a, an opportunity for me to talk about the success we've had with the Bill Willis Diversity Fellowship. Uh, Ashton was our first uh, person that we hired in that position. In, in year one for us in 2020, he's worked with the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and now the quarterbacks. Uh, Israel Wolfwork, who was previously our Bill Willis uh, diversity fellow, is going to Arizona as the quarterback uh, coach. So that program is working. Uh, it's not just on the offensive side of the ball, which I know is important, but uh, we're, we're crazy about developing our young coaches. And, and I think uh, we have some really good young coaches. I'm not going to name all of them, but I'm, I'm excited about all those guys. You know, and I would point out a guy like Stephen Bravo Brown. Bravo, we brought in college wide receiver. He worked t two years on our defense. We moved him over to special teams. He's finished up his first year. Now he's going to go into second year special teams. So we're trying to develop some young coaches, and I think we've got some really good ones. I think that's all part of the process. I think you really do it every season, even when you maybe don't, when you have continuity, when you're maybe not bringing in some new coaches, you try to pull everything apart and look at it uh, year to year. But typically, you really structure your day in half. You, you spend uh, half the day on personnel and watching college tape, and you spend the other half on, on your offense or your defense or your special team. So we're spending plenty of time trying to, to look at what we're doing schematically and make sure that there's, there's, we're turning over every rock uh, schematically to look at different things. And then you do have to put your scout hat on uh, in, in February, March, and April. And we, we, uh, Andrew and his crew do a great job of listening to the coaches and hearing the coaches out. So uh, the coaches are watching a ton of tape. Honestly, this is the first time where I get to watch some tape. Now that we have the coaching staff hired, I can you know, hide up in my room here and just turn on the tape and, and watch a bunch of these young men for the first time. Yes, <laughs> he yeah, he's given us some good insights. Uh, we met with Luke this morning uh, at, with the coaches uh, or in the formal interview setting. He has given us some insight. Um, and it's, you know, it's good when you hire coaches from college, uh, whether not all of them have nephews that are in the, in the draft, but they've gone against different players, uh, you know, in, in the Pac-12, for instance, where they can give us great insight on some of these players. You talked about new coaches. Obviously, we know Jim Schwartz. We know some of the names. But Ephraim Banda is not a name really known. How did you get on your radar, and what can, uh, what do you expect from him in the DC Yeah, Ephraim was uh, somebody that came uh, highly recommended to us, and and we talked to a lot of people. We, we really were uh, diligent about this process, and I just think you have to be. And I think also with the, the league is being more deliberate about all of their hiring. I think that's one of the things you saw with the head coaching hiring uh, this season as well. But try to spend as much time as we can to – search every avenue for good young coaches, good coaches, period. Uh, so spent some time with Ephraim, uh, put him through uh, an interview, did a ton of reference work on him, and, and you know all of it was so positive and getting to know him. You get to feel his energy. He's, he's had a unique uh, path to coaching, um, so certainly excited to get him in our building. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's a good question, Tony. So Bill won't be in the quarterback room. Uh, he'll be really contributing throughout our entire staff. Uh, Bill has a ton of experience as an offensive coordinator in this league. Obviously, experience as a, a 
playing quarterback, coaching the quarterbacks, coordinating offense. So he'll assist me in a bunch of areas. He'll assist AVP in a bunch of areas. But day to day, he'll, he won't be in the quarterback room. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, I get to the com oftentimes I get to the comment. I don't know much about the players. I, I don't watch it. I love college football, but I don't get to watch a ton of it. So a lot of these, I know the name. My kids know the names better than I do at this point. But uh, I'll turn on the tape and and usually put on games. Uh, so you'll, you know, pick a game. You check the stat line, make sure the player played in that game, and then you turn it on. And and you know, I go back to Kevin Rogers, uh, one of our coaches taught me how to watch tape and how to evaluate tape when I was a young coach. And he just said, write what you see. He was very pragmatic about it. So I try to just write what I see on there. And then after a while, you feel like your notes are, are kind of matching up and formulating a, a, an opinion uh, as, as you go. But it takes time. There's no, no uh, secret. You know, there's no, you can't snap your fingers and be done watching a player. I do, yeah, I, I really do, and I think Steve, with with that front and with how we play, uh, how we've played, it's not a huge departure. We're not, uh, for instance, you know, we're we're an over or an even front team, uh, so we're not going to an under front or an odd front. So the front, in some ways, remains the same. There's a ton of nuance and how you play it, which can vary, uh, but uh, I think ultimately the the, the team is built uh, to transition nicely into gym scheme. I mean, we've talked we've talked about everything, you know. So we're looking at this thing from A to Z, uh, from coaching uh, to our coaching staff to the players, uh, how we structure things. I mean, you know, I'm very very fortunate to have Jim, a former head coach, uh, to one side of my office. Bill Callahan, a former head coach, on the other, on the other side, out the other door. So I have a lot of uh, very veteran guys that I can lean on, um, and and Jim's one. Jim Jim's a, a great defensive coordinator, as we know, but he's he's uh, he's run teams. He he, he kind of sees things from that lens and can be very helpful to me as well. A couple more. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Donovan's a young man that has taken a step every season that he's been with us. Uh, I, I think he's worked his tail off in the weight room and, and on his body. And you see a guy that just is physically uh, developed. David Bell is, is super dependable, super reliable. When the ball came his way, he made a play. Uh, so excited about him taking that next step as well. It did. Yeah, I, I think, you know, AVP is a former quarterback, has done it, has coached a bunch of guys, coached a lot of good players. So I think there, again, lends an instant credibility with AVP when you're talking about the quarterback position. Uh, and we spend a lot of time together. They spend, We spend time in that meeting room, spend time in the field, and then just think, you know, during games, AVP is the one sitting on that bench going over the pictures. So there's a built-in relationship there. there there's, there's respect there. Uh, AVP is a player. Or AVP is a coach that can push this player uh, along with, with myself and, and the rest of our staff, but I just think there's a built-in relationship there. Good. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Coach Stefanski from the podium. He will be joining us coming up in the second hour, which is coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Probably one of the most honest and fascinating conversations you're going to hear about what we saw from Deshaun Watson's six games last season. Here is Z with Chris Sims. Here with a man who needs no introduction, the great Chris Sims. And Chris, let's talk a little bit about quarterback play. Yeah. You played quarterback in this league. When you think about from a Browns perspective, Deshaun Watson, 700 days off. Yeah. Could you fathom that? And really, what would that mean to go all of a sudden, oh, now I'm playing live football again for the first time in 700 days? It's insane. I mean, I think the world of Deshaun Watson is the football player. And, you know, I, I was trying to tell people all that, like, all year long before he got in there, like, there's no way. I mean, if he could, I would have been like, oh, my gosh, there's no way he can come in there and just like, hey, it's like riding a bike and I'm just going to be the same guy I was before. It's an, it's an incredible there's nothing that you can do to get used to playing in the NFL. That's why I'm always a proponent of, like, the young guy, get him in there, get used to playing. You know, you guys know. You watch practice. I mean, it's a controlled environment. You know, it's different when there's 80,000 fans yelling and the guy across from you can actually rip your head off now. And it's like, whoa, this is a different game than it was in practice. So uh, I expected some of those, you know, bumps in the road or whatever else. But we saw some good signs there. And, uh, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's going to be right near the you know back in the top quarterbacks and football conversation this year i couldn't even to to add to that i the run of the like being a backup i got thrown in the business a backup a few times where okay now hey the starter got hurt and it's week four or it's week eight and i was like holy crap i feel like i haven't played football before in my life so i can't even imagine 700 days yeah, and you mentioned some signs of encouragement. Five touchdowns the last two games. Yeah. What was it that you saw? From my standpoint, I saw him do things every week that I hadn't seen a Browns quarterback do in well, a decade. Yeah, I, I hear that. He's a special player. He really is. And I think you just to me, more is just the, the comfort of how he looked in the pocket, the way the ball started to come off of his hand, right? First game or two, oh, a little wobbly. Let's say you're not sure of yourself. Your body's not in the right position. You're thinking a lot because you're like, oh, wait, what's this play? I'm still getting into, used to this offense or how to read this, all of those type of things. But I think that's, you know, one, the quality of the football. Two, just comfort from him. Three, started to see, I think, to what you were explaining, like, you know, oh, man, he's feeling comfortable. There he is. He took five steps, one hitch, boom. It wasn't like, oh, wait, I'm not sure if he's open. Let me pat it one more time. You know, there was none of that going on. It started to look like just the natural Deshaun Watson play. So he did a podcast recently and had some comments that kind of resonate with me. And who better to ask than somebody who played the position? So he said when he was in Houston, he was responsible for everything. So he was responsible for all the protection right. checks, everything, yeah, soup New to England, nuts. The New England way, right, Bill O'Brien and all that. So it's hard. It is. He said that this way where Kevin, the coaches, kind of lay it all out for you and then the center is the one controlling the projections sure. and the side adjustments and all that, he said that actually sometimes was harder for him because he was so used to seeing the whole picture and having to be cognizant of right. it to now I'm like really only focused on one guy, thing. Yeah, right. right. From a quarterback's perspective, what's the difference and, and how would that affect how you played? Yeah, it, I've been a part of both. And both can be really cool once you get really comfortable. You know, I think what he's explaining is like, yeah, you know, hey, since I was in charge, I knew all my problems where this one, they're taking some off your plate and going, hey, just read the coverages and right. get make sure our pattern or whatever pass play is the right one here or whatever. And don't worry about the other stuff. We've taught our O-line how to pick these things up. Right. And there's a number of really good teams in football that that do that. Uh, you know, I think the 49ers and Shanahan sure. do that a little bit. 
you know. But yeah, there's a part there when you first do that, you're like, wait, is that guy really? You know, drop back. You're like, is he really gonna block him over there? Do they? Are they sure they pointed to that guy over there? And that can lead to like some uncertainty. So now you're not looking down the field and you're going, wait, did the center know that guy was blitzing? Let me check. And now you've taken your eyes off the field, right? So that's where it's a little different as compared to Billy O'Brien, New England, you know, because of you're in control and they make you do so much. Yes, you know where your problems are and all that. But at the same time, you can also get so caught up in that and you go, damn, wait, what coverage is it? Hold on. Wait, what is our play? I just got our protection figured out. Hold on a second. They changed the coverage. So there's good and bad of both. Um, I think he's going to like this new way, though. I think he is. I think it's going to take more off him uh, when it's all said and done. He can just go play. And how exciting would you do you think it will be for Browns fans that now you have a full offseason? Because they kind of had to put in two offenses, right? Jacoby can, sure. couldn't do some of the things Deshaun could do. Yeah. How exciting can it be when they've got this time? They can sit down. And I think people don't really understand the NFL how much of a collaboration is between your star quarterback and the play caller and the play designer, right, to get everything on the same page. That now you can have a chance to really do that full speed. Definitely. You know, there's just there's there's no what ifs or we gotta worry about this and plan B and all that kind of crap now. They can go. It's a blank canvas. They know what he's capable of. And they're gonna see actually as it goes on here, they're gonna go, Oh crap, he's capable of more. He's just hitting his groove here. And that's where I think it's gonna get exciting because they're gonna be able to tinker with him. Like you've heard an Andy Marie, Andy uh, Reed with the Mahomes, where they start to go, well, damn, you know, I, I don't know, I've never had a guy that can make this throw, but he can. So, let's try this play, or you know, let's tinker with this on the fourth day of OTAs. I've never done it, but let's just try it because he can do it, and maybe we can figure out, you know, some things off of it. I think that's where it can get exciting for the Browns, and then you couple that with your guys' offensive line and your run game, um, and then he's an amazing play-action passer as it is. I just think there's, yeah, there's a lot to be excited for. So the offense is pretty much going to be back. I think everybody's talking about adding one thing, a speed receiver, receiver, somebody to stretch the field vertically, horizontally. As a quarterback, when you have what I call a space creator, how much easier does it make your job? Well, it's it's huge. Whether, you know, you talk about a Tyree Kill or a Jamar Chase, right? They're, They're usually such not only weapons when they get the ball or running down the field or whatever, but they change the way teams play against you. That's the biggest thing. Right. Like you watch Bengals film and sometimes you're like, oh, I wish they would move Jamar Chase around a little bit more. But then you go, well, damn, every time they move him on there, they just know that they're going to get a double and they're going to get a corner and a safety over there. And then they can kind of play with whatever else is over there. So they do that. You know, the screen game, even the short passing game becomes more dangerous for teams because, oh, no, no, no this guy can catch a slant and go 70 yards or like you're saying. Runs the post route, damn the corner, the safety, they're all scared to death, they're running back, and now here comes Amari Cooper, wide open, 30 yards over the middle of the field, right? That's where there's great value in those speed receivers. So you sound like you believe this year we're going to see this Browns offense take a real step and, and be formidable. I do, I do. You know, and, and um, I was, you know, I don't want to say happy, but uh, I, I, I wasn't shocked, and I think they probably did the right thing by making the change on the defensive side of the ball. There were some things there that I certainly did not like. Um, but, yeah, the offense, um, I'm, I'm a believer in the offense. And, listen, I, I'll be honest with you, I was a little skeptical about Kevin Stefanski at first when he got there and all that. I'm not at all now. I, I think I've seen plenty to go. The offense is good. It's got answers for everything. Now they get the talent around this guy and get this guy grooving. Uh, yeah, you'll be one of the better offenses in football. You mentioned real quick on the defense. You mentioned bringing Jim Schwartz in. Yeah. What does he do for this team? Yeah, well, I think the first thing, at least that – 
you know, Schwartz has been around. He's create. He can do it both ways. He can be simple and sound, or he can be like, whoa, he's doing all kinds of crazy crap. He can kind of do both. And I think the biggest thing that maybe bothers me about the Browns, and I think Schwartz being from the, you know, Belichick school of coaching, Jeff Fisher, when I was with the Tennessee Titans, Schwartz was the D coordinator there. Mm-hmm. There's a belief in size. And to me, that is the point where like there's been missing in Cleveland there's just not enough big people on the defense and so you play teams that can run the ball and it's just like well damn they have to put all 10 guys in the box to stop the run and they're screwed in the pass game now so I think he's going to fix those areas and address that get a little bit more you know physicality size and power up front to now let the rest of your guys play and be creative in the back end that's what I look forward to you mentioned the size so Jim Schwartz obviously had spent some time Phillies with Tennessee most yeah. recently but when we we had joint practices with the Eagles this year well yeah you saw that that's the when they walked off we were like right. uh not surprised there in the Super Bowl that exactly. is a big group of humans exactly right and I think if you saw Kansas City you know they're not as big as Philadelphia but you'd go oh crap I didn't realize Chris Jones was that big whoa Orlando Brown is that the biggest human I've ever seen in my life Joe Tooney I mean it goes down the list you know there's still size is a skill and you know one thing that I always learned from my dad and Bill Parcells because I hear a quote still to this you know point in my life every week from Bill Parcells from my dad you know he's always hey big people don't get smaller but fast people will get slower as the year goes on they get worn down and I think there's you know some truth to that and I think you look at the final four this year you know, even that, that Bengals defensive line, ooh, they got some big suckers up there. DJ Reader, good luck trying to move him. Right, and BJ Hill, right, those DNs are big. The 49ers, I mean, they're like they're like the Eagles you're talking about. It's just one Greek god after another. You're like, holy crap, look at these guys. So, yeah, they need to get a little of that, match their offensive line has that going, but they need to get the rest of the team like that. Chris, this is great stuff. Really appreciate the time, and, and I think everybody's going to be very happy to hear some optimism because – Right now, the Browns, you know, last year we'd stand here and all oh, the Browns are going to be great, you know, or coming off of that 2020 sure. season. And I think under the radar's just under fine. Under the radar's fine. And, you know, hey, that's a lot you guys had to deal with here the last year. And, uh, you know, I think now at calmer waters and calmer seas ahead. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll start to see the talent of this team and Stefanski get them going in the right direction. I'll tell you, um, I like listening to Chris on most anything, even if I disagree with it. There's, the, He's very strong in his convictions and what he sees and yeah. believes and sticks with it. So that was – if you're a Browns fan out there, because really, you know, you and I have alluded to this all week. Like, we can talk about things that are necessary requirements that have to get done. But in the end, this is this will be the Watson referendum. It will be him back to what he was two years ago. Is That's the path. It's this offense, right? This offense needs yeah. to be elite. You traded for an elite quarterback. You've got him now for a full year. You've got what you know an elite play caller, and you heard the praise from Chris Sims about Kevin Stefanski. And it's this year is about them being on the same page, executing at a high level, putting points on the scoreboard, and putting W's in the win column. I mean, that's it. That's that's what it's about. And we will go as Deshaun Watson and this offense goes. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be about you know like. The best laid plans from last training camp were aborted um, when the suspension became what it did. And then all of a sudden you're thrust back into it at the end and you're trying to sort those things out. So I think, you know, that is something that was done in real time, that there was no there's no roadmap for that. No one had ever had to do that before. Oh, so. And you had to plan for a duality of outcomes. You had to then in season try to get him some reps while Jacoby was still playing. Yeah. I mean, it was only one week where he got to take all of the reps prior to playing against Houston. That yep, week, that, that week, was it. Game week. 
So it was just a remarkable situation when you think about it, and obviously one that I think we were all perhaps a little too optimistic because we had seen how good he looked throwing the ball in camp. You saw how good he looked in practice, and I think that's one of the big the big takeaways. And one of the things that I think I maybe should have learned earlier on, which is the following, that if, if it's not looking good in practice, it's not going to be good. But that's a pretty... just because it looks good in practice doesn't necessarily mean it will be good. But if you're struggling to, to be a high-efficiency offense in practice, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think probably the previous regime was – or the previous quarterback situation taught us that yes. in spades. So, um, yeah, it's and so that's it. And so that's when you think about what Kevin's job is, when Deshaun, AVP, um, it is putting – it's spending all of the time, and they're going to have a lot of it, to sort out the best path forward, what Deshaun wants, what they want out of him, uh, and then the rest of the things will get sorted out. So Kevin will be joining us momentarily. Yep. Um, among the topics of discussion will be that, the plan for Watson this offseason. I'm curious, now that he looks back in hindsight to last year, any any changes he would have made to, to the way that they approached all of that or uh, any regret in the way that they handled all of that at the quarterback position. So we'll ask him those type of things, ask him about his new members on his staff uh, who are coming in. So our first chance to talk to him since the season ended. Yeah. It's been a yeah, minute. It's, it's been a, it has been a while, and obviously a lot has changed. He had to make some very difficult decisions, which he did, uh, in terms of changing over the staff on the defensive side of the ball and, and a new special teams coordinator to boot. Um, yeah, this is – the urgency is real. There, mm-hmm. There is a lot of pressure. This is a team that needs to go – to the postseason, yeah, I think it's I think period. I think he knows that. I think he would agree with that assessment, and that's how that's how it's got to be. I mean, that's ultimately that's what you're here to do. You are here to win. You are here to have this team compete for a championship. You'd love to win the division, home home playoff game, all of those things. But that's I think those are much more the stakes, the expectations, and, and nay, the demands of this team's output this year. Agree. You know, it's not going to just be well. We're not building we're not towards pleased, anything. It's not okay. No, no we're you have arrived. Yeah, and now yeah. It, it's time to go win games. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So coach will be joining us momentarily. Still, so much more to come as we're broadcasting live over in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Heavy part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the National Football League. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Coach Stefanski with a meeting with the local media in what I would consider a gaggle uh, that's been going on for quite a while. So once he's it's done there. Gag. It's a never. It's like the never-ending never ending story. Once he's done there, we are told he will come over here, told. and then we will have a conversation with him yeah. at that point. Um, the uh, So it, a couple of things, just big picture NFL, the quarterback situation, Rodgers at the top, then Carr. Uh, we saw the reporting that Carr met with the Panthers yesterday. It feels like he's waiting out the Jets. Jets today. Jets again today? Per, per Eisen, he's meeting with the Jets again today, and Eisen's trying to crash the meeting and – Oh, he doesn't seal want the deal. No, oh, he, he wants, wants him it. in. Yeah, 
He wants him in. He doesn't okay. want the Michigas okay. of Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So he he wants him in. Yes. So that, that deal could could happen. Um, it feels like they are the first choice. It's interesting, though, like you are you are walking into a snake pit, brother, in the AFC. You are, but that is a pretty talented that, that would be the best supporting cast he's ever had. It would certainly be the best defense he's ever played with. It is a snake pit, but... That's a Nathaniel Hackett coordinated offense, Coach. That's right. That's right. I, I, I mean, look, if you could drop that roster right on into the NFC, of course you do that. But I don't know. There isn't a situation, though, that he lands in, in the NFC that's all that appealing, right? Like, where would be the most appealing NFC situation that you could even find yourself in? I don't think there are any. I mean, the NFC South, no. Tampa's not going to be able to keep that roster together. The Saints, maybe. Maybe the Saints is an appealing spot, but it's it's there. there isn't a sure thing. There's no home run destination no, where you have a no. ready-made team like you do in the AFC. Coach walking over right now, take yep. a quick timeout, and then he will join us right here on Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Indianapolis here at the NFL Scouting Combine, Bo and Z, and Luminaries. That's right. Again, Coach Stefanski joining us. By the way, the first time it's been what four years ago. Yeah. You walked up in this thing. Yeah. And then a Monday they were on in our, our studio. That's yeah. right. In our the quarter desk. zip. The Still rocking it. And so rocking saw, it's timeless. I haven't worn it since I saw Nathan wear it. Well, <laughs> smart. Oh, That's fine. I'll take it over. Don't hey, make Baker. it. Don't give give Baker this much joy. He doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't oh. need when that. you have a shot to take, you take. You it. take. That's right. you, shoot or shoot. Are you at all jealous? Z showed you the pictures of our hoodies. Yeah, those are cream. great. Beautiful. With the, with the cream. cream. Yeah, that's well right. done. Brad Mellon gets credit for those. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. well, that's right. We've. I mean, we were, we were hot on the trail, as you know, for years Low and years, years and years and years, and never came to fruition. In fact, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but down in Atlanta. This year, I was doing pregame TV, and out comes strutting. I mean, with a, a dip, a strut, Brad Mellon in the white. Mm, yeah. And then he Not everybody us. can pull that off. He no. teased us with that for a while, then nothing, and then finally we ended up with the cream. He yeah. made it right. He made it right. He did. He's a fine man. Mer- thorough. Yeah. Merch makes the world go around, doesn't it? it oh, does. there's no it doubt. Does, man. It brings so much joy. <laughs> it does. It brings a lot of joy. A lot of joy. The – um. The quarterbacks make the world go round as well, and we had our guy for six this this year. Uh, as you look back, Kevin, on that time and just such a chaotic mm-hmm. experience, I'm sure all season long. I know you guys had a plan for it and you executed that plan. Um, as you look back on it, would you change anything? Was there anything that could have been done different? What did you make of the six with Watson? Yeah, I mean, I think you know you you win three, you lose three. So certainly, there's you know that's right down the middle. You want to do better. So there's always things that I feel like we could do better. There, there's things that we can do better as a team. You know, ODK. Uh, there's definitely things I can do better, and, and of course, things that Deshaun can do better. And um. I've seen it. I've seen him do it in practice. I've seen it do, him do it in games. Uh, he did things that that very few people on this earth can do. So he's more than capable. Uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited about the work he's about to put in to this thing. But uh, that's really where it comes back to with him. He, he's a he's a gym rat. He wants to get better, and, and I have no doubt that he will. 
So he, I, I talked with Chris Sims. We actually played the interview prior to you coming on yesterday about something that Deshaun said on that podcast with uh, Quincy Avery, and it was that he was used to in Houston calling out everything, mm-hmm. do, being responsible for everything. He set the mic. He set the protections. He did it all. And there are two schools of thought, right? That's Bill O'Brien, Patriots, you do it all. And then there are others, which in ours, the offensive line actually takes over a lot of that responsibility when you have a guy like Bill Callahan. And Chris Sim said, you know, when I was in Tampa, I did everything. And then I mm-hmm. went to Tennessee, and they had Munchak. And, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that. How, how does that come to be, number one? What would you say the balance is in the league? And then what would you say are the pros and cons for a quarterback in the two different styles? Yeah, both in this case, in this scenario, both cases work. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of what you choose to do. You know, with the quarterback, the line may point out the mic. You don't get a demerit if you also point out the mic. You know, if that's part of sure. your process. So uh, for Deshaun, it's trying, and our quarterbacks, it's taking a little bit off of their plate. Now, when you're the quarterback, when you're the trigger man, you are ultimately responsible for everything. So you have what we call the trump card, and you can come in at any point and change a protection or, or move it th- this way. Uh, and that's why Deshaun and our quarterbacks spend so much time in that meeting room to get to know exactly all right, where are we going with this protection? Where are we going in the run game? I think you wouldn't believe how much responsibility falls on the quarterback to get the runs uh, correct. Because as you can imagine, the center come, comes out, he may point the mic, but he also is bent over the ball. He's getting ready to snap the ball. He doesn't have the viewpoint that the quarterback has. So that's where ultimately you give the quarterback a ton of uh, leeway, but you also, if you can, take as much off his plate because playing quarterback is pretty darn hard. If there's some small things you can take off the plate, you try and do that. That's trust. That's what you just described. Yeah. That's full trust. And that's For sure. Familiarity and, and, and more. It's just rep it a billion times. And it comes from time. Study. I mean, I can't tell you, uh, you know, in the course of a given week, how much time the center and the quarterback spend together and talk about protections. I mean, we have, we, we devote full meetings to it, full walkthroughs to it. So it's, uh, it is a process with these defense coordinators, how good they are, you know, on these fronts. They're giving you all sorts of different looks. I'm, I'm, we are very fortunate to have Coach Callahan, Alex Van Pelt, guys that are really – you know, the protection doctors, if you will, uh, to make sure that we're always on the same page. Because at the end of the day, you know, that defense may bring one more than you can handle. But as long as you know that from the quarterback position, now you have some uh, options at your disposal to to, uh, try to negate that advantage the defense may have in that moment. Going back and watching the season and watching Jacoby, watching Deshaun, and the differences, you know, and what Deshaun did in Houston, what he's asked to do in Houston, what he does here, it felt like to me, and you can say you're a bozo, but it felt like to me I do. Jacoby was very good at taking the layups, and I feel like our offense provides a lot of layups to help you move the ball down the field. And in Houston, Deshaun was kind of, a lot of times it was drop back and make something awesome happen. Not that there weren't layups given in the mm-hmm. offense, but – there were certainly times on tape this year where there were easier plays that he could have made in called under two and a half seconds that sometimes he would elongate. Do you feel like he put a lot of pressure on himself because it was only six games to do so much, or is it never being in a system like this? That Because once he's has those layups become the layups again, mm-hmm. the sky's the limit, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think with great quarterbacks, you know, Deshaun has the ability to make some plays that I certainly we can't teach. Uh, there's also throws that he can make that very few on this earth can make. Uh, so you're always, when you have that ability, you are going to try to, uh, you know, there are some throws that you're going to try to throw in there that maybe others can't. So you, you don't want to take that away from a quarterback. You don't want a quarterback to play ultra careful. Now, no, sure. you do want to play smart. Uh, and when and you, we have so many reads where 
you're really you're working top down and and you're trying to hit the big one if it's not there you come down you make a decision so were there times that we could have uh, taken that sure of course there's there's every game that that's going to be in, in in every game for every quarterback but uh, I think Deshaun has a very good understanding of our system what we're trying to get done um, and I think he's excited about some of the things that we're doing moving forward and AVP back into that room drew obviously off to Arizona great move for him to be able to go be a coordinator it's cool to see that happen uh but avp back in there and we you heard from deshaun in the interview a lot of he liked that move a lot obviously yeah. and it, there's the continuity it, there it's, it's, got, it's well, a no-brainer it's interesting because you say back in the room he never left you know it's he's true. in every he's in every meeting i'm in every meeting uh really what avp did and i just mentioned it to to the media and, and i want to say it again avp is one of the all-time teammates in football and what he did last year was he took a step back uh, in, in some ways, figuratively, and let Drew have that voice in the quarterback room. Now, ultimately, it was at the direction in a lot of ways, at, at AVP's direction, at my direction, if you will. Um, but he, he let Drew, you know, operate at, at times in there. Um, and, and he did it. And then it's like, okay, hey, we're going to change it back to how we did it. Okay, great. He wants to do whatever, whatever is best for the team. So I think we're just so fortunate to have that type of guy in that room. Coach, when you bring in Jim Schwartz, and we'll talk about why you made the move and, and what you're excited about. But is that is one of the first things that you talk about? Like, what would you do? How would you stop me? This is how I would attack you. Is that and is that an illuminating conversation? Well, yeah. I mean, Coach Schwartz has been doing this for a long time, so we've gone up against each other yeah. both when I'm the quarterback coach or the coordinator. So, uh, what he does is, is, in a lot of ways, there, there's beauty in the simplicity. Uh, his teams play really, really hard. They're sound. They're not going to beat themselves. Uh, and there are times, obviously, in third down where there's going to be some things that they're going to put the, the offense in a bind when it comes to how they deploy different players. Uh, but Coach Schwartz is, is, has seen so much football. He's called a ton of football games. Um, so that's what I'm excited about is just um, his ability, his experience with our guys. Uh, he's great at coaching the coaches. He's, he's developing young coaches, which I'm excited about. So uh, he, he's a he's a fun one to talk to. Again, he's the office next door, so we can talk ball uh, a lot. We, and, shoot, we've gone back. I put on tape from 2000, what was it? 13 when he was at Detroit and I was at Minnesota we put on a game and we were talking through some of the things so uh, those, all those plays all those games they stay with you so we, we've had plenty of time to discuss those Coach Schwartz certainly has it there's a, a charisma a bigness to his personality certainly and then uh, I don't know Bubba Ventrum but we talked to the Hoff about it Joe Thomas and um, he said he goes whatever it is he's got it so it, were there personality traits that you were looking for when you looked to these hires? Yeah I, I think you're, you're always looking for the best guys out there I mean you're looking for, for the best that, that are doing it um, you're looking for guys with track records uh, but speaking to Bubba the person I mean uh, a fiery competitor uh, he, he's, he's from Pennsylvania uh, like I mentioned, we played against each other in, in college. Bubba actually hurt his ankle um, at Franklin Field when he was playing us his senior season um, but and then made it to the NFL. I mean, he, he played safety. I played safety. He was good, the difference, right? He was good. I was not. Um, but just always a guy that I've had a ton of respect for, just the, the person. We have a ton of mutual friends just because he was at Villanova, um, which is, you know, in the backyard of where I grew up. Is there Was there something that you were looking for in terms of, you know, somebody that – you mentioned Jim Schwartz. His defenses are sound. They're not going to beat themselves. And we had an issue last year on defense with assignments that were not sound, right, and that cost us. Coaches don't get to play, right? They're not the ones out there actually executing it. How how does Jim Schwartz ensure that it is sound, and, and how do – you know, what's the accountability for that? Is that something that you were looking for? 
Yeah, and I don't want to make it uh, too much of here's what we didn't do and here's what we I'll, I'll just more tell you what Jim is about. And one thing that you'll notice with him at practice and him at walkthroughs, uh, he's very involved and, and he is like the lone voice in a walkthrough where he that, that walkthrough, that's that's Coach Schwartz. He's, run, he's running that. Um, and he wants it a very specific set of ways, both from the D-line to the linebackers to the safety to the corners. He has that vision. Um, so I think the guys will, will certainly uh, respect – I think he has the pelts on the wall, so you automatically respect him. Um, but he, he's, his way of going about his business – uh, the way he's going to be demanding of our guys, I'm excited about. That process, right? Because I think we all look at it, and it's almost like like pieces on a chessboard, coordinator out, coordinator in. But these are these are your friends. These are yeah. people you've been with a long yeah. time. Friends, yeah. How, when, when you think about Preef, uh, you th- and you, you think about the decisions that had to be made, uh, this is the first time you've had to do that. Yeah. What is What was that like, that process? Yeah, none of that is easy. Um, the, these are, you know, coaches that, that you respect, people that you respect, people that you love, um, that work like crazy for you, uh, that, 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 you know. So it's hard. I mean, this is – this is a people business. Um, it's also, you know, you got to make tough decisions, and, and you have to ultimately I have to do what's best, what I think is best for the team. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that there's some really, really good coaches that we uh, moved on from. It doesn't make them a bad person. doesn't make them a bad coach. In, in fact, they're great people. They're great coaches. Just for this point in time, for what I wanted to do, this is the uh, direction I went. Going back to Deshaun, because I think ultimately this season is largely going to be defined. It's a, it is the mo- ultimate team game, but as you look around this league, it's about teams that have great quarterback play and can score the football. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the last eight Super Bowl champions all top of the league in scoring. That's just what this league has come to. You now get to go. Everything you do is for Deshaun. Last year you kind of had to put in two separate paths, parallel paths at the same time. How excited are you for that? And you mentioned you can make throws. You think about far hash outs to Amari yeah. Cooper. You think about, right. you know, throwing to the back shoulder of the Chief on that cover two invert in Washington. A ball that DPJ said caught him in Cincinnati on that deep dig that was an absolute blazer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How fun is it to, that you now, you know what it is, you know the deal, there's no wondering what's going to happen, that you guys get to get in the lab together, put this together with all the minds that you have in this building, with that quarterback, and and produce something that has a chance to be special yeah without a doubt you know that that is where it's it's different uh, this season um but to your point you know it, it is the team game so we want we want obviously to do what's best for deshaun because he's the quarterback of our team and, and we want to you know the quarterback is the main driver of every team uh but you know it's 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 all on all of us coaches players you name it to make sure that we're all in position to go succeed and, and, and succeed at times, you know, through the pass game through Deshaun and succeed at times through the run game, whether it goes through Nick or, or whomever that design play. Uh, so that's the fun part for us is putting it all together. There's no shortage of plays. You, you can draw up 40 plays. If you don't like them, I'll erase them and draw up 40 more. Uh, but it's finding those 40 that fit us, finding that game plan that fits us, that we can go play fast because I think that's the biggest thing in this game that you see some of these teams when you have a great understanding of what you're doing, you can just go play fast, and the guys are, are not thinking, they're just reacting. We certainly have a long – I mean, you can go through free agency, trades, draft, all of it. Roster's far from finished. But from the standpoint of uh, is there a sense from you, like this is what we've been building towards? Our best players are in their prime. We're, a lot of them are on their second contracts. You've got the quarterback, the franchise quarterback. You have all these things. Is there a sense for you of like, okay – and I know I'm sure every year yeah. it's like that, but it's, it does feel a little different to us a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I think you 
you know, I was just asked about this, and, and it's the truth. You feel the urgency of every year. You feel the urgency of every day when you're in the NFL. Um, but for us, yeah, it's exciting to have the, the quarterback in place. It's, it's exciting to have some of the things we're doing uh, defensively. So you, you try to do your best in, in putting that roster together and, and, and then go play. But, you know, I'll tell you, there's no perfect roster. That's just the, the, the NFL. So you're always going to try to, you know, maximize your strengths is what you're trying to do. And then if you can, minimize the weaknesses uh, in any way. One of the things we've been talking about, obviously there are a lot of needs on defense, the defensive line. Now if free safety is, is something we have to address. But I want to go back to the offense because you could roll out there right now. You have your offense from a year ago is back. We'll see what happens at center, obviously. But you could roll out there and you've got it. It feels like, you know, us talking and a lot of people, a speed receiver from through your eyes. If you had a guy that could vertically stretch, horizontally stretch, that was that kind of a threat, and everybody's looking for that, right? But yeah. what does that do for you as a play designer and a play caller, the space that that creates? Well, yeah, I mean, speed is, is the name of the game, as we know, and, and, and there's some great, great examples of guys that uh, can touch it and go. And, you know, when you have speed – uh, and by the way, there's plenty of guys that didn't have that, you know, elite speed or that time speed that were great players. But sure. when you're talking generally speed, you can throw somebody a slant and they can go. And yeah. I, you've been around the guys where they catch it, and they, they pluck it and they can go on top of that speed is the main thing that defensive backs respond to. When you talk to a corner, hey, what, 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 what do you feel? I feel speed. So when you have a guy that can come off the line of scrimmage and get that corner in a backpedal, get him to turn his hips, you really have him exactly where you want him. So speed is a, the name of the game when it comes to that position. Now there's plenty of – when you're designing plays, there's plenty of, you know, quote-unquote take the top off the defense. I think what gets miss, what gets lost in that um, phrase is you're trying to throw it to that person. You know, he, he may be taking the top off, but he's the first read. He's the alert. Um, so having a guy that can track the deep ball, that can go uh, open up things underneath, but is still that viable option down the field. Coach, get you out of here on this one. Uh, you broke the news over there that we're going to be uh, going over to Philly for some joint practices. Um, we assume that you'll take care of us on the meals. I mean, you get some recommendations yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, Everything. I guess I've never been to Philly. I look forward kidding. to it. No, never. I look. I, it's a hole in the I've been once. God's country. And I, I, I dined with B. West, Brian Westbrook. Oh, nice. One yeah. of Philly's greatest sons, yes. Yeah, uh, we're only doing this for the food. That is the main <laughs> driver. Um, I'll get, You want a pro tip? I'll give you a pro tip. So, yep. Let me wait, get a pen. Yep, write this down. This um, is good. Yep. If it says on the menu, Philly cheesesteak, you don't want it. Just cheese. Just steak. says cheesesteak. You don't need to say Philly. You, know whether you're in Philly or, or you're not in Philly, I like, like you, it. you just need to say cheesesteak. And there's plenty of cheesesteak places, and, and I'll, I'll put a list together for you, John. Oh, I like it. Beautiful. I like it. A Coach, tour. pleasure. Good seeing you again. Yep. All right, guys. Appreciate Coach it. Kevin Stavansky joining us here. So much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Paulus just told me we got about four minutes. That's not how we do this show. <laughs> no. What do you mean four we minutes? Went to break hey, sometimes the there is so much more. We're done. Like, that's it. I don't have any. So much more to come, guys. We've done we've done a lot here, man. I mean, how much how much entertaining do you have in you? Which interview did I next level is next? We'll see in September. Which interview was Chris that? Rose, I believe. Yeah, we'll see in September. Yeah, that was Rose. That was Rose. That was good. <laughs> very very good. Yeah, look, that was uh, that was fun. That was fun. Great question by you at the end. I'm curious. I want to know where I'm gonna eat. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, where yeah, so you're I, gonna I, eat? I, I went say. out. 
The one time I was in Philly when we played, so this would have been 16 when we played in Philly. Okay. Uh, for a regular season. It was week one of 2016. Carson yep. Wentz's first game. Boy, what an, a, a journey he's taken. Yeah. RG3 was our starting quarterback. Were there any eyeballs in Cleveland on that game? There were a few. I bet there were, yeah. There were a few. Uh, yeah, and I went out the night before to downtown Philly to an awesome Asian fusion place at the at the choice of Brian Westbrook. And walking around with of him course he would know. in Philly is great. Was that yeah. the season opener? Season opener, 2016. Yeah. We almost got in a fight and got arrested with <laughs> Secret Service on that day. Good Not God. me. Oh, yeah, right on the sidelines. You'll remember that Vice President Biden was there. Uh, made an appearance, mm-hmm. and Secret Service locked everything down on the field. Yeah. We couldn't do our hits. <laughs> yeah. They're going hits. Hits. We Vice don't care President of the United that. States is here, Gibbe. That was an all-time flyover, too, as I it recall. It was. Well, and deal. then I believe didn't our player do a flyby? Was that the helicopter? Or was that no, the Jets? No, that's Jets. That was Josh McCown knocked. That was the next year. 16, that was uh, Cam Irving snapped one over RG3's head. Yeah. RG3 got hurt, if yes. I'm not mistaken, in that game. Didn't finish it. And Correct. Went through a couple of touchdowns, and we lost. And we're like, oh, man. Turns out, I believe we'd go on to How did it end up? win one game that year. Okay. Thanks to Jamie Meter, who now – is a cop and works security at First Energy. Yeah. And actually, the Friends one person, the one person who tried to rush the field this year, who was flattened on their route, turns out they were tackled by Jamie Meter. Pretty amazing. Still making plays. Yeah, at First Energy. Pretty great. That is pretty. That was that's a Christmas. tackle that would feel a lot different than your average like cop tackle. I there imagine. should be. There should be like. Something in the brochure that says, if you choose to run out here, you will be tackled by former NFL player Jamie Meter. Yeah, and I just think that's poor scouting. If you're going to go and yeah, you're you going to do something like that, you got to say, this is Meter's area. Yeah. I'm going in opposite end of the stadium. Opposite way. All right. The opposite. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not in there. You guys stay out of trouble. I don't think that's going to happen tonight. It's really getting loose tonight, huh? You guys are getting loose? He's really just building this up. Like I'm, listen, I'm a professional. Like I come here, work hard, play hard, but yeah. within reason. Yeah, within a. Realm. I'll be here bright and early tomorrow morning, ready to yeah. go. I All don't right. know that you will be. You're already saying eleven, which for you is like That's really. Yeah. You really. You're, I'll be here at nine thirty. Pa- no, you, you know won't. it. I know it. No, you, no. Right. Oh, I've got it. I've well, committed that, to like four other people for now. I can tell you officially, the next level is next. We'll for be what? Back. Tomorrow. What have you committed to? We're done. The show's over. I just want to know what he's committed to. Cleveland Runs Daily. I want more details on this. 850 ESPN Cleveland. I don't believe it. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.